0: The underdog is howling. This is Stanford Steve and the Bear. Ah, yes. A home team
1: getting points. What's better than that? Welcome in. Jam-packed. Jam-packed podcast. Stanford Steve alongside the Bear. Chris Felica. We have who I think is the... He's got to be the only coach that's going to be coaching a national championship tonight. Right, Bear?
2: Uh, yeah, well, yeah, the, the only one I think that's going to be doing an uh, interview on the day of the game in, in detail that, that that he will be. I, I don't think the, the, his opposing head coach is going to do it, but uh, you yeah, know, it, it's very rare that we get the opportunity to speak with a, uh, a head coach playing in a national championship game uh, at, at length, day of the game, and we're going to be uh, honored and, and happy to do that. And uh, curious to see what uh, what Doug's has to say uh, about about the clash with the with the Canes tonight.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to see the reaction of the listeners that are listening in because the Bear is also Hello? going to give all his Belmont picks. Hello? Hello. Oh. Hello. Uh, who am I speaking with? i supposed
3: to call in. Uh, this is Coach Gus Duggerton. I'm here uh, before the national title game. I also brought my representation with me. I have my agent in my room. Uh, if you guys have any questions like last time where you try to lead me astray, the gotcha <laughs> media.
1: <laughs> uh, coach, I'm, I'm going to start right out with it. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. Um, I'm not going to bring up the last time because we know what happened when you when you took the field and you put that uh, lipper in for that game that night when you came, when you joined. Um, but I I have to say, I think I think you're a little off kilter already with the pregame sleep last night. Um, you know, there's usually a text chain that you're joining in, and you, you know you watch. Your pregame virtuals watching Center with Scott Van Pelt, and I'm worried you didn't watch last night because we didn't hear from you, and uh, that means you you fell asleep early.
3: Well, oh, so there was a mention. I did. I went to sleep at 9:30 p.m. 9:30 p.m. I said to myself, "In the east, I am in the in east. The, in the east." I said I waited till it was 9:17. I fired off a tweet saying, "Just 24 hours from uh, whooping time on Miami." And uh, I, I, as soon as I fired off that tweet, I hit, I, hit, I hit the pillow and I was out like a light. I wanted to get my sleep. I wanted to be sure I was sharp, ready to go for tonight. So I apologize if I missed anything. But I am feeling, I, I, I'm feeling so, so good today. I'm feeling so focused. I have composure. Uh, what happened last year will not happen this year. Let's just say that.
2: But what what, what what happened last year though? Uh, with the I ju- off- no,
3: hey. hold on. There, no, no, no. I'll let my
0: I'll let my agent handle this question. That's a leading question. Go ahead, agent.
2: My I, name I, I, is
0: Rico Bosco. I <laughs> represent Coach Gus Duggarson. Okay. I used to be a hater. He brought me up. But I want to say what you guys are doing is very very negative. Right? You're trying to bury this man before a national championship. Okay. <laughs> I thought this, this stuff goes on at three-letter networks when they were asking Roy Williams, "What's the deal? Are you going to Kansas?" and they kept firing away. The man just lost. Let us be with his kids, okay? My man lost. That's a fact. But he's preparing for another championship. How many coaches go to back-to-back championships?
2: Exactly. That's the that that that's where that's what I was getting at with this. We saw Clemson a couple of years ago come so close to winning the national championship, and that fueled their fire to get back. And we, we saw it with with, with with Alabama as well and Nick Saban losing to Ohio State. It, that loss fueled their fire the next year to get back. I, I just want to know if, if, if Coach does if that was something that he and the rest of the locker room and staff felt like, hey, you know what, we want to get back there this year and we don't want to feel this way again. We want to be on the winning And Believe it, there's, no, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Emotion is such a driving factor in sports, and I take Coach Dougs as a very emotional, passionate guy, and I was just curious if that, if that was one of those things in the offseason that got brought up.
3: Yeah, no, listen, I am an emotional guy. Uh, some say I'm an emotional head case. Some say I lose my composure quickly. The guys last year, as much as I love them, you saw right after what happened in the game against Virginia Tech, we lose the game, we lose the national championship, and my star quarterback, Caleb Presley, tweets, Coach Doug never cared about the players. That right there <laughs> tells you <laughs> that, what that, that locker terrible. room was about. Yeah. That's a guy who's we're, not we're, we're their heads, your-
2: Their heads were not there.
3: Their heads were not there. Caleb Presley, might I add, did not get drafted in the NFL. Huh, that's a little interesting. Maybe Coach Duggs talks to a couple scouts here and there, a couple friends in the NFL offices, said this guy's not coachable. This year, I got a different team. I'm featuring Rico Burgerton as my back. I have Stefan Shea, who's more of a game manager. I have guys who have bought in, who have bought in. It's been unfinished business since week one. That's been the mantra, and we're ready to finish the business tonight.
2: I, I'm glad you mentioned uh, Rico Berger. Do you think that that injury to him might have been a little bit of a blessing because he's probably going to be a little bit fresher tonight? It also is an opportunity for to, to, to showcase Jazz Owens and uh, illustrate some depth. I mean, do, do you think, in, in a sense, that maybe, maybe uh, Rico missing a little bit of time uh, might have been a, a positive for your team?
3: Yeah, no, there's definitely a positive way to look at it. I, I really wanted him to win the Heisman. He came second. Missing five games, which is unbelievable. The fact that he was second in voting—that's just how good he is. But you're absolutely right. We have a dynamic offense. Jazz Owens can do everything that Rico Berger can can do, and I think that that poses a huge, huge threat to Miami. How are you gonna How are you gonna stop my guys for sixty minutes? And uh, I'll just say this: I don't want to give away too much of the game plan, but. There's some rumblings that I might uh, I might be passing tonight. I might be throwing the ball downfield because Miami hasn't been game planning for it. Just let the well, let the Air Dugs come back, in, you know, the old-time Air Dugs where he just chucks it around the yard. Maybe might 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 see a little of that tonight.
2: Well, I I think we've seen in big games the teams that often win are the the coaches that have a tendency to. To, to, to break some of their tendencies and, and show some different things because uh, you, you, you don't want teams obviously preparing for what you've seen all year. And obviously the offense that you've, you've run this year has made uh, the old offensive lineman, your boss, Philip Palmer, uh, very proud. But, but but I do think tonight that uh, she is going to have to do a little bit more through the air uh, to beat the Canes. But by the way, did, did the Canes show up? Uh, I heard rumors that they showed up in, in camo again this year to the uh, – to, to, the, to the, uh, the fiesta ball bank is that true
3: i haven't seen anything about it. i haven't looked at them i don't even care about them that's a fraud program rico would you like to talk about that program
0: yeah my client coaches one team comes from the thought process of the great luke coniseca worry about one team you worry about your team all the smoke all right we got the flame we're ready to go rocky top you'll always be that's what we say yes
1: All right, coach, I got to ask about the the, the wardrobe for the game. You were a puddle last game, dripping from every sense of, of, I mean, you look like you're in the best shape of your life, but I mean, is, is, is the stress that much? Is there, is there a way to, is it, can the agent turn the, turn the chat off a little bit? Can we mute the chat to get us focused? Do we have to keep the eyes on the chat the whole game?
3: Listen, the chat is part of the. Uh, it's part of the crowd. It's part of of being in, in the bright lights in front of 126,000 people. Yes, that's 126,000 people for the last national title game. So I embrace the chat. Uh, I embrace the hate. You have to. You have to get into it. You have to be inside of the chat to really understand where they're coming from. And uh, yeah, that's just another element. I mean, there's everyone says you know there's. Uh, the, you know, you got offense, defense, special teams. The offense, defense, special teams in the chat. That's how it works here, okay? So we, we've game planned for all four. I don't know what they're going to throw at me tonight. They'll probably say I cheated in some way, whether it be sliders, lags, juicing players like Scott Van Pelt. Shout out Scott Van Pelt. Always juices his players. Uh, one, one way or another, I will be accused of cheating, but I have to overcome that. I have to overcome that adversity and focus on Miami.
1: Coach, did you say your agent was Jerry Maguire?
3: No, no, no! This is Rico Bosco. This is my agent, Rico oh. Bosco. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just getting everyone pumped up. Uh, okay. But, Yes, we will be seeing the money after this year, whether it be at Tennessee, we will not know.
2: We got uh, accused of asking you about next year, uh, prior to, the, to that game last season, and and mm. and you just brought it up right there. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna kind of flat out bring it up. You open the door. I'm gonna go through it. What happened uh, after last year's game it, it Not Knoxville? Well, they were a little upset with that performance. Like, uh, is tonight's game going to kind of be a, uh, a validation or if somehow uh, another loss took place? Like, is that, would that be enough to, to, to push you out the door and look for, look for uh, a, 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 another job? Or is a win, basically, uh, you're, you're in the, uh, the one job you're going to have for the rest of your career?
3: Well, I don't really like your uh, energy, Bear. I'll just be frank with you right now. I don't like your energy.
2: Well, it's one. It, it, this is a, this is a tough. This is a tough one for me tonight because I am I am a Miami yeah. alum, but I also like seeing my friends in the in the, in the coaching profession and, and, and the people I respect do well. So I, I have to be an objective media member tonight and just let it play out on the field. I don't want to show any alumni homerism uh, and I don't want to show any. Uh, and he's open, outright support for, for a guy that I'm close with. So I'm just gonna sit. I make the game a pickup. So I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy it. Wow! Give me the
1: Vols him. all day. Yeah, all right, yes, Steve.
0: Steve. Pick yes, em. Steve.
3: History.
1: Oh. Uh, Coach, I just on the way out before you go. I know you love your pregame have, meal. Yeah, you just, got, well, what you got? Something? Go ahead.
0: I, Yeah, I have one question. Yeah, we allowed to ask questions. Yeah, we allowed to ask questions. It's a one-way street. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: I got it. Whose
1: name's on the podcast? Whose name's on the podcast?
2: (laughs) Bear, how are you getting to the game? Uh, I I, I had to contact... Another famous Wisconsin alum about some uh, some private aviation to uh, to, the, to the Tempe area tonight. So as soon as we're done here, I'm going to I'm gonna head on up to one of those little uh, Scott Van Pelt terminals in, uh, in the greater Hartford area, get on a plane and, uh, and head west, and I'll be there by kickoff. Okay, good. good. Any, All right, any ahead.
0: Pepe's for the plane? Are you grabbing a pie for the private plane on the yeah, way no, out? There'll
2: they'll, they'll be, be a Pepe's white clam on the plane for sure. What's your last uh, question, Steve?
0: I got, I
1: got, it's a two-parter. Uh, you got to, you got to pick for, I know you keep your eyes on the ponies. You got to pick for the Belmont for the people.
3: Uh, I was looking at it. That, uh, that horse that won the Arkansas Derby is going to, like, there's no, there's no beating him, right? So I was thinking maybe uh, I'll uh, single it on a pick five. So I'll single the, the, the Belmont with, what, what's the name of the horse that I'm talking about? Nadal? No.
2: No, no, no. The, wh- whoever won the Arkansas Derby. Well, Char- well Charlatan isn't running in the race. He got hurt. He, he's not running. So he's not running Saturday.
3: Oh Tislaw. Tislaw. Yeah, Tislaw. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I'm a single Tislaw tis 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 on a floor. pick five. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm oh, floor. All right. So I'm a a t- I'm a single Tislaw on, on a pick five.
1: Okay. And then on the way out, I know you always have your you know your pregame ritual. Just stay away from those stale bagels from Staten Island, okay?
3: Oh in- <laughs> now why are you gonna insult us? Why are you gonna insult my agent?
1: All right, Coach, last chance message before the game.
3: Just just win. Just win. We're going to control the clock. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball. We're going to run the ball, maybe punt the ball every now and then, but we're going to win the game. That's all that matters. not going to be pretty, but they don't remember how you win. They don't remember style points in the national championship. They just remember who won. So I'm going to win tonight, guaranteed mortal lock of my lifetime.
2: Is that Gus Duggerton or Jim Trestle talking?
3: Run, yeah, run, run, run. Everyone, run. I'm ready to go. More to lock of my lifetime.
1: Just remember, watch the cussing. There's a lot of kids watching, all right?
3: Yeah, okay, that's true. All right, good point. I'll have <laughs> my thing. agent make Something. sure some things are bigger than sports. Right, yeah. You know that.
1: All right, well, that was fun. Uh, coach on his on his pregame schedule, he does seem a little disheveled. I'm not going to lie. I didn't want to bring it up to him, but uh, I appreciate him calling in on the day of a national championship. Um, Bear, we also have – I don't even remember. Do we have Nigel Seely? He's going to join us uh, later on for some Premier. I always thought it was Premier League. When did it change to Premier?
2: You just call it the Prem.
1: Okay, the Prem, the Prem. I know you've been dialed in. Uh, but Nigel's got some guaranteed winners, so we got a little soccer picks. Uh, we'll do. We're going to run through every horse uh, in the Belmont. Uh, you know, the hunt was. What are we at? One hundred fifty second. One fifty two. Yep. Wow.
2: 152 and for the first time it's the first one for uh and now it's a mile and an eight so a little little, little, little bit different this year but
1: uh it's racing all right well before we get to every horse in the Belmont and in all your picks for Saturday, i'm not gonna lie the pictures float around I sent it out i look pretty girl i look pretty good as a girl i'm just gonna say you do you definitely I got a lot of compliments i,
2: I, I, I agree with that you, you should be called you you've got a great smile too
1: a lot of great personality.
2: It looks like you, uh, fractured the social distancing laws and got your hair cut there as well. So, um, you know, that picture did, did you, uh, did you a lot of justice? I forgot to get my forearms waxed before the, uh, before yeah. that glamour shot. So I'll have to clean that up next time.
1: Yeah. We got to remember that for the 2020 picture. Um, all right. Let's get to the Belmont. All right. We'll get to the whole day and bears picks, uh, for Belmont Saturday, which is still. Getting a little used to for me, Bear. Um, I mean, I, I, how many times you've been to Belmont Park in person more than like you went to Yankee Stadium as a kid, right?
2: Uh, no, I, actually, I, I I was really, yeah, no, we, we went to, we went to a ton of Yankees games. Okay. But, but it, 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 it's, 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 it's close. Um, uh, the Bel, Belmont, Bel, I've certainly been to Belmont more than, uh, any Anything. other racetrack. That, 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 that's for sure.
1: They did not have Uber back in the day though. If the bear had, a young bear had Uber, I could see him at Belmont a lot.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to say, <laughs> the, the good thing about Belmont is you could, you could take the train and, uh, and get off right there before I had my, uh, before I had my license and permit or whatever. But uh, yeah, Uber would have been a very dangerous okay. thing. I, I mean, it, that would have probably been about a, a $15, 20 Uber ride and that we, we, could, we could have made that back in the early double
1: absolutely all right let's get I want to go through we've been going back and forth we've been trying to hold off our thoughts uh, since uh, you know the drawing was was out for the for the slots and all that stuff but I want to go through every you know each horse you know one by one with you because I know I love doing that with you and I have my own thoughts but I love uh, getting your take uh, let's start with the one uh tap it to win um you know yesterday was six to one. Uh, obviously on the inside, set the pace in its last race, uh, which I believe was June 4th. So what are we looking at? We're looking at, what, about four, two weeks? Two weeks, right? Um, I, I like the horse. I just wonder, being on the rail, does that affect?
2: I, I think he was a very trendy pick to potentially be uh, low in speed in the race and, and maybe mm-hmm. pull the upset wire in the field. But, but but I agree. I, I think where he drew, uh, he's pot committed now. He's got to go. He's got to send it. And, and, and I think uh, Doug O'Neill entering that horse four left uh, as as another uh, factor in terms yeah. of the speed, the pace of the race. Uh, I, I think I, I think Tap it to Win is going to be a, a a speed and fade from there, especially given I think there might be some unforeseen uh, pace presence as well as uh, four left in there. So I am. Uh, I am against Tappa to win in the, uh, in, in the win in the play spots. I mean, could, could he hang on for a piece for third maybe, I guess. Okay. Uh, I, I don't think he can win.
1: I totally forgot to start with my favorite thing. Who are we throwing? You mentioned four left. I got Jungle Runner X'd out. Give me the horses we are throwing out. No chance.
2: Uh, four left for sure. He's, he's Okay. No shot. He, he's, he's a sprinter, and, and he's badly outclassed here. Uh, Jungle Runner is a throwout as well but Jungle Runner will have I believe a major say into how this race is run Uh, I don't know if you remember a few years ago uh, Steve Asneason when he won this race Mm -hmm. with Creator he entered a horse named Lynchburg in the race who served as a rabbit and put a ton of pressure on Destin who appeared Destin was going to have uh, a, a a lone speed advantage where he could potentially wire the field. Uh Lynchburg was entered in that race and put enough heat on Don Destin where creator got up late and went and won the race. I think jungle runner is in this race to try and maybe show some speed, uh may, maybe serve as a purpose as an uncoupled entry mate uh, for pneumatic on the outside. So while I don't think jungle runner factors into the, uh, the trifecta or the exacta or anything, I do think Jungle Runner it will uh, have a say in how this race is won.
1: Okay. Uh, no, the the two is, is so volante. Am I saying that right? Yes, yeah, so yep, yep, you sure are. Uh, this one is – I have this one circled a lot of times. I just can't get out of my head, Bear, that this horse, you know, got in the starting gate nine days ago at Belmont and – to come back out at Belmont, we know what it looks like. It's the biggest thing I've ever seen when it comes to horse tracks, and to go against such a better field, I really, I mean, I it's it was nine to two. Uh, I don't know how you know where the money's gonna go. I just have a hard time thinking that this horse is gonna win this race. And I I I know Tis the Law is the favorite by a, by a lot, but I just this Sol it I, I don't know, man. Like that's that's asking a lot of a horse against a you know a, a, a major field.
2: Well, I, I think a couple of things to consider here. Uh, Silvante has run six races in his career. He's never finished mm-hmm. horse than third, and he's won four other races. Um, he won the Sammy Davis down at Tampa and, and beat a horse named Independence Hall in that race, who at the time people thought was going to be one of the, the key players on the Triple Crown Trail. And, and then he ran in the Tampa Bay Derby and got beat by King Guillermo. Who got a, a great pace set up in that race. And so, Dante just couldn't make, uh, make, make up the ground. He got his little bit of a prep, um, in, in that June 10th race at Gulfstream. And, and I'm not too concerned with, with, like only that 10 days off. If this were a normal year in between the Derby and the Belmont, the Derby and the Preakness, rather, you'd only have mm-hmm. like 13, 14 days off. So to me, that doesn't matter as, as so much, especially okay. being that the horse hadn't run. In in three months, anyway, uh, being Cohn wouldn't run the horse uh, if, if he wasn't if he wasn't in form. Uh, he certainly has a uh, a shot here uh, again. Uh, to hit. It would be stupid to throw him out from potentially winning or using using in the in your trifecta just because he's going to be the second choice of the race. Uh, okay, I, I think I think I think he fits, uh, I, and I just don't know ultimately if he is as classy. As, uh, All right. Some of these other contenders.
1: Okay, the three is Max Player. Uh, Rosario's aboard that. Obviously, I remember that because he was aboard my winner in fourteen with Tonalist. Uh, he won with Sir Winston last year, right? Hmm. Yep. And uh, the the one thing I have circled here that Max Player hasn't raced since February first. Is that right?
2: Yeah. He yeah, he won the Withers at a mile and an eighth uh, at, at Aqueduct.
1: At Aqueduct.
2: Back there, and this horse I'm using. Uh, okay. In my in, under underneath my exact interest back there. And I'll probably play uh, a, a pick four ticket uh, or a pick five ticket with him as well, just in case uh, something crazy happens. But this horse uh, w- will be in that second flight of horses from uh, just off the pace uh, by Honor Code. This horse it should have no issue with the distance, as was evidenced in that um, in in that Withers win. Uh, the, the horse that he beat in that race, Shotsky, was a horse that some people, uh, had, had liked, showed some promise early on. But, uh, Linda Rice has not had a very good start to the Belmont meet, but I would not hold that against her here. Uh, uh, her barn can rip off wins, uh, in, in bunches, and Joel Rosario is someone who, uh, in his career, he has had, uh, I believe five horses, uh, run first or second in Triple Crown races and I believe all of them have been at least nine to one. So, so this is a guy who hits the board and runs well uh, with, with big price horses, and it would not surprise me at all to see Max Player uh, outrun his odds again on Saturday.
1: Okay. The four modernists, uh, I mean, done pretty well. It's won two of the last three starts at this distance. Do you have this one in, in, in the bottom of your exactos and tries? Yes.
2: Yes, I do. Okay. And, and, again, like like Max Player, He's someone that I will throw in on, 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 a, on a little bit of a, a, a wilder pick four or pick five just to have him covered because uh, again, Bill Mott is a trainer, uh, won the Derby last year with Country House at 65 to 1, uh, won the Belmont in 2010 uh, with Drosselmeyer, who was double digit price, nearly won the Belmont uh, with a horse named Vision Inverse. Uh, the year Lemon Drop Kid won, he was 28, 29 to 1 in that race. His horses tr- that usually run well and triple crown races are usually big prices. This is a, uh, a, a like a grinder type horse. I think he could find himself uh near the lead and showing more speed, especially off of that uh, work where he just raced a couple of works where he just blistered up the uh, the track. You look, you, you mentioned it. he won the Risen Star uh, in, a, in kind of a front running mm-hmm. fashion, and then that race, the Louisiana Derby. After that, he was he lost the race at the post draw. Uh, drawing mm-hmm. post 14, you're not going to do anything. You're not going to factor in. Uh, and he still was only beaten about four lanes, uh, in a Maryland race where Wells Bayou and New York traffic kind of went around the track in, in the same order the entire way around. So that was a, that was a better than you'd think race. And uh, I think modernist might get forgotten about a little bit in the betting and uh, I will definitely be using him.
1: All right. The next one I have a big question mark just cause I, it's a, it's a big, I don't know, and it's a tough one to make a decision on. And that's the five Farmington road around 15 to one. Uh, I've seen people think, you know, that, that this horse could definitely win the race. You got Pletcher, uh, but Castellano, we know he hasn't won a Belmont stakes. And that's always the, 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 the factor that I know some people look at. Uh, do you think it's a big deal uh, with this horse that Castellanos never won the Belmont?
2: No, and, and it's funny you mentioned that because he was the jockey on Destin um, when he oh. just got nipped the wire, and I believe he was also the jockey on Commissioner, uh, the top clutch horse that, um, that that got beat about 28-1 to 1 in, in, in similar fashion as well. So he's come close uh, a lot, and he rides at Belmont regularly. And you have to remember with Belmont now, uh, the, the race this year is only a mile and an eighth. It's not a mile and a half was uh, there, there weren't going to be very many trainers that were going to run uh a mile and an eighth or a mile and a half right out of the gate after a, and not having a normal prep season so this is going to be a one turn race going to start all the way in the in the back of the top back top of the backstretch stretch and have that long run down the back stretch and that one sweeping turn so uh, whether that favors a one turn closer or not i guess depends on. Uh, your view of the pace of the race—you uh, mm-hmm. you kind of set it up perfectly there, like a big question mark. I, I think he is. I don't think he can win, but yeah. I, I, I would use—I would keep him on the ticket uh, for, for third or for second. Remember last year, Gronkowski was awards that uh, yeah. I didn't think, or, or a yeah. few years ago was justified. I didn't think he could factor in, and he wound up uh, kicking that uh, the, those exotics pretty healthy. But um, yeah, Farmington—I for liked him a little bit in the Arkansas Derby. No one was going to get to Nadal that day. Uh, I'd use him underneath, but uh, um, it, it's more it would be more of a, uh, a safety insurance type play just to make sure that if I did have the winner, uh, I'd want to catch that try <laughs>
1: All right, very good. And we, we threw out the six and the seven, four left, the jungle runner. Uh, eight is, is tis the law. Uh, I know you've been replying to people saying that, it, you know, most likely this horse is going to win the race. I just want to know. You know, when you look at a horse, I mean, I know it's not the, the the normal distance for the Belmont, but when you look at, you know, all your 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 categories you have for your horse, does does this horse check all the boxes and and, and fill out all the criteria you want in a horse for this race?
2: Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yes. I mean, he's he, he's got uh, some, some great, uh, a right combination of, of speed. And- in distance breeding, uh, the fight, despite mm-hmm. the fact he is a Yorkbred, uh, w- w- which is is pretty amazing. He's won at the track in, in Belmont. Uh, he ran well on the slop at Churchill. The only time he was defeated, uh, he can be near the pace. He can be uh, off the pace. He he, he does not need the lead. He's quite comfortable uh, passing horses. Uh, he he is a horse that I would I would love to be the owner of. I would love to be the trainer of. I would love to be the (laughs) jockey of if if I could. Uh, He's just a versatile type runner that uh, appears that he can win uh, at any distance as well. So uh, I I think the race sits up perfectly for him. I I think he's going to get a a great trip from out there. Uh, If something happens and he maybe gets Pushed wide uh, around, up the back stretch and has to run a little bit further, or maybe gets caught in, or if something happens, he could get beaten. But uh, if the race is run cleanly, then you would think it probably would be as close to a clean Belmont Stakes as you're going to get. Uh, Law is certainly your, uh, your most likely winner.
1: Um, the owner, Sakato Stable, that's, isn't that Funny Side? Yes, it
2: is. Yep, yep. That's right? Jack, 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 Jack Nolan, and that group from, uh, from New York, from New York who owned Funny Side, who, uh, uh, won the first two legs of the Triple Crown in 2003.
1: God, it's 17 before before, years before ago, getting, man.
2: Before getting beaten the Belmont Stakes by Empire Maker on a rainy, rainy day.
1: And Empire Maker was the big favorite going into the Derby, remember? Yes. Wasn't it? Yep. Yes, he was. Beautiful. Beautiful yep. horse. Man.
2: Yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah, yes, he was.
1: Those were the days. Those <laughs> were the days. <laughs> Trying to hit that big one, boy. Man, that was fun. <laughs> uh, the nine. I like this horse. Dr. Post. Uh, it's got my man, Irad, on it. I think it's come in. Um, I, I, I like the the distance. I think it's right there uh, that, that it fits the horse well. I, I like how it's not too overused, the timing of this race for the horse. So I I have this one circled that will definitely be in, in, in my exact and tries, and you're shaking your head no like I'm a dummy. Go ahead.
2: No, I'm not. Oh, I wasn't sh- all I wasn't right. shaking my head no. No. I- uh, I, I think this one has uh, arguably the biggest upside of anyone in the race. He's only run three times.
1: Uh, I love I just, high ceilings. I like high ceilings. Uh,
2: yes, 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 yeah, yeah. Yes, this is this is the yes, this is the, uh, the 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 low floor, high ceiling uh, horse horse of the race. And obviously, a rat has won nearly everything at Belmont so far early in the uh in, in the meet. In the, the only I have two questions about about Doctor okay. Post is it is. is uh, is he one of those Pletcher horses that just seems to thrive at Gulfstream? And then when you move him somewhere else, he's not going to run as well. Okay. And then the other question is, is I just don't know, uh, what he's beaten. Uh, I, I don't Yeah.
1: I, no, I, 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 the, the fields haven't been great.
2: Yeah. Attachment rate, whether it was about a million to one, uh, in a maiden race for, for, for Dow Romans. So I, I, I don't know, but that being said, He's a horse that typically uh, you don't go out and beat winners the first time. Uh, yeah. you, you face them, and he broke Maiden in that seven furlong race, handled the stretch out to a mile on a 16th, and beat uh, a minor stakes field there. So usually that second start against winners is uh, your, your best start, uh, and you're ready to run your best race. And you're certainly um, – uh, you're not probably not going to get the price you deserve on this horse because it is Todd Fletcher. It is a Keith Jr. It's a Naira track. It's a triple crown race. And uh, I I would expect Dr. Post to be either the second or third choice in this race uh, behind Kissela. All
1: right. I'm going to give you an easy trivia question. Ready?
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Pletcher's three winners at the Belmont were?
2: Rags to Riches. Mm -hmm. Um... Palace Malice. Who I had, who mm-hmm. I loved that day. Yeah, you did. Loved that day. <laughs> and, um, it, w- it wasn't Destin because nope. Destin very easily could have won. Who am I? Uh, who am I forgetting? I'm gonna. It's the I'm most
1: gonna recent one too.
2: Oh, it was Kaepernick. Yeah, yep. the, horse, the horse that the horse that I said was going to win the Belmont before the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> <laughs> people talk about time like, I, 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 they were talking about the derby I'm like yeah I might not be able to tell you uh, who's gonna win the derby but I can tell you Tappert's gonna win the Belmont <laughs> and, and he did like six to one it was great
1: oh that's too funny uh, all right and the 10 pneumatic thoughts
2: I like pneumatic I hit on it a little bit with jungle runner but uh if you go back and look at the uh, this horse broke maiden at a sprint from off the pace won his uh first level allowance race uh, from off the pace and then got stuck drawing the rail in that Matt Winstakes at uh at Churchill Downs uh last and he got he had he had to set the pace. And he ran a really good game race. He was five to two in that race against Maxfield. If Maxfield mm-hmm. was in this race today, uh he's co favorite with Tis the Law. Uh Maxfield obviously has taken off the triple crown trail now uh with an injury but um He's a really talented horse, and to to only get beaten uh, uh, a length and a half or so by by Maxfield tells me that pneumatic, with a typical trip from off the pace where he has some other targets to run at and doesn't get buried inside, this is another of the the price horses in here. I think he's 8 to 1 in the morning line. He'll probably be be close to that. Uh, I think this horse, if you're looking for one horse to use to bet against uh, the law and pull the upset, I think mm-hmm. it's pneumatic.
1: Okay. Wow. All right. So we got them all in there. What are, What are we doing?
2: Well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna key I'm, I'm gonna key try trifecta. Uh, okay. Put tis the law in one spot because I absolutely think uh, he's hitting the board. And then I'm in one of the other spots in the trifecta. I'm gonna have modernist, max player, and pneumatic, hoping that one of them uh, hits the board. Ideally. Uh, in second. And then in third place, I'm just gonna use everybody, uh, with the exception of, uh, Jungle Runner and four left. And, uh, and we'll see what happens. And then I'll play, uh, that group of horses second and then have Modernist, uh, Pneumatic and Max Player third. And then I'll probably play a, a ticket as well with Modernist, uh, Pneumatic and Max Player first. Tis the Law second. And then that group of horses third. So, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and beat, uh, most of my tickets, I'm going to try and keep Sol Volante and Dr. Post out of the second spot, uh, just because that, that's going to be, I think, the most common exact. The, the, the two shortest exactors in the race are going to be Tiz the Law over, uh, Dr. Post and Sol Volante. So I'm going to try and, uh, uh, zig there when everybody's zagging. So, uh, okay. Uh, that, that's what I'm looking at. And, um, uh, the rest of the card, a lot of those great stakes races are short fields and I don't see a lot of prices. So, uh, you might be able to press some tickets there. Uh, with some of these pick fours and pick fives, and uh,
1: pressing the and, tickets and,
2: and, and make yourself a, a very narrow ticket for a good dollar amount.
1: All right. Um, the the idea of the quadruple crown. Do you think Tis could pull it off?
2: Yeah, so we were talking about winning the triple crown and then winning the Breeders' Cup Classic.
1: No, Travers.
2: Oh, okay. That, that see now, 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 now you maybe you can go with the the quintuple crown too. Uh, yeah, I, I think he can, uh, because I I think where the uh, where the Travers is going to be uh, set on the calendar, uh, I think it does set up uh, nicely. It, it, it the, the Derby will be uh, uh, Labor Day weekend. Obviously, this horse uh, can, can can handle the um, uh, the Saratoga surface as well. So yeah, no, I I think. I think the toughest race for him to win will be the Derby, uh, just because it's going to be the biggest field. Uh, it's, going it. to require, it's going to require him. We're going to have 20 uh, in the Derby? I'm sure we will. He, he, really? I'm sure we will. How come he, we don't, he, don't have more
1: here in the Belmont?
2: I, well, I, I, because of injuries. Uh, okay. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and Nadal? Injuries with, uh, with, with Nadal and, uh, and Charlatan. Um Authentics uh, skipping this race. Uh, his, his other maiden breakers aren't ready for this yet. Uh, Max Field was injured and uh, in, in not running in this race. Uh, Honor AP just ran at Santa Anita a couple of weeks ago. He's going to, he's going to wait for the Derby. So uh, I, I think unfortunately he was just a victim of uh, circumstances and unfortunately uh, some injuries by some of the key players. But um, uh, I, I think the Derby is going to be interesting because uh, Honor AP is going to be waiting there for him who I think is the, uh, the best three-year-old. So, uh, he can yeah. get past uh, the Belmont, which I think he should. Uh, I do think they'll run the Travers, and then uh, we'll, we'll see
1: what happens in the Derby. All right, so we got Bears picks for the Belmont. Uh, other races, Bear. Let's go with all the graded stakes races. I know you you, you got column coming out on Friday. Is that right? Yeah, col-
2: yeah column be out on okay. Friday with the uh, the graded stakes races, and then that the, the Belmont breakdown as well. And then I'm sure on Twitter on Saturday I'll be uh, shining in on the the remainder of the. Uh, the Belmont card, So uh, all, all the other maiden races and allowance races that will be running that day, I'll have some thoughts, I'm sure, on social media.
1: Great. Let's go. Uh, race two is the Woody Stevens.
2: It's not often you see a grade one stakes with only five horses, but uh, here we are. It's actually good for every uh, every entrance going to get a piece of the purse, so that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I I like uh, the three-horse, Mischievous Alex. Uh, this horse is two for two. It's seven furlongs, and I, and I think he's going to get them. Uh, first jump uh, on the pace setter and, and be able to hold off some of the closers. So, uh, so I think uh, Mischievous is Alex the three horse is the uh, the way to go in here. Uh, I'd also take a, a look at the uh, the two horse Miru. Uh, okay, the horse won from uh, I, I I I just it looked like he had every chance in the world to to go past Echo Town at Churchill Downs and never went by. Uh, I think the pace or, the pace should help him again. But uh the, the trainer on Maru doesn't really do well in in the greatest stakes races, so that's a little concerning, so I think I'm going to go with uh, mischievous Alex that's my topic there
1: okay, I think the next stakes one is race four
2: yeah the Penine, the Penine Ridge is another is the uh, is the next uh, stakes on the, on the day and uh, Christophe Clement's runners are firing very very strongly to start the Belmont meet uh, they they're, they're hitting at all cylinders, and I don't think. Uh, the this race is uh, very complicated I, I I think the one horse decorated Vader, uh looks like a very short priced winner uh, considering that you've got the three uh, between you've got uh, proven strategies Vansy and maroon maniac I, I think there is a uh, plenty of pace in the race to set up uh, decorated invader from uh, from off the pace for a
1: win who do you think comes in second there out of those that you, with the pace? Um, anyone I hold would, on.
2: I would say of, of all of those, uh, Maroon Maniac would be the, uh, the, the most likely horse. I think could, that that could hold up in a second because okay. he might be, he might not be the, the main target. He might be the, uh, like the like second place. He might be the presser and, yep. and he just might, might kind of go around and, uh, and hang on for a piece.
1: Great. All right, the next stakes race is it the fifth?
2: It's it's the wonder again. Is the next race? I believe it's race six on the card, and uh, it, it looks like on paper that Sweet Melania, yes, the two horse, is um is going to have uh, the pace edge in the race and might be lone speed. And, and I certainly would use her uh, in the exacta, but I would all I, I would lean towards the five horse selflessly uh, in the top spot. Uh, she won the Miss Grillo here last year. And, and I think Saturday she's going to get a very similar trip uh, to that winning race that she ran here at Belmont. Uh, you look at the past performances in the Breeders' Cup; she had no shot from that post uh, position draw. And I, I think off the layoff here, she should be set to win to make amends for that for that one one
1: defeat that she has. Okay, the seventh is not that's an allowance.
2: Yeah, the, uh, I believe the Acorn is the uh, the next stakes race, uh, race eight. Which um, which As actually I scroll
1: a, down, yeah. The Acorn is the you know,
2: eighth. It's actually a good little race uh, with uh, Gamine, the Bob Baffert Philly in on the rail, and Casasquez
1: is has, on that.
2: Uh, yeah, w- 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 which um, is a little surprising that 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 uh, Bob back would choose to ride Johnny V. But I'm not sure the, the jockey on mm. how many jockeys are coming in uh, just for this for, for, for this day. But uh, she looked like she was beaten at Oaklawn in that last race. And uh, she gutted it out with a little bit of a speed bias, and uh, she's going to be the target again. Um, and I I'd lean towards casual on the outside, uh, stretching out to a mile for, uh, for Steve Asmussen. So I think uh, her stalking style is more suited uh, to this race. I, I I think she's the one that improves to three for three. Do you, do you think Water White can uh, – can cook up an exact finish. Line.
1: <laughs> I said that circle. I was going to ask you about your Breaking Bad boy.
2: <laughs> I, I, I actually, I, I am a, uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of season five, the final season right now. So don't go up,
1: uh, spoiling okay. any.
2: Uh, but, uh, I, I, I don't know what took me so long to to watch that. I mean, the the the, the final episode of season four was just unbelievable.
1: Yeah.
2: Little, uh, it, it just just tremendous.
1: Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. Race
2: nine, uh, yeah. The, the, the hyper. I, this is this is a good, a good race because anytime there's a horse in the field that's going to take money and mm-hmm. has no shot to win, like Hidden Scroll,
1: that's, that's like your favorite bet. thing in the world.
2: Oh, I I, I love <laughs> dead money. I love horses that you know people are going <laughs> to bet on because they've heard of them, and uh, that's Hidden Scroll. Uh, those of us who want a better price on a horse that can actually win, uh, we're going to get it. Uh the, the number five horse, Stubbins, uh, was much the best in, in that race at Santa Anita, the Daytona. Had a horrible trip, stuck in on the rail, and, and, and couldn't get through. And uh, I think you're going to get a good price. Doug O'Neill can certainly ship to New York and win. He's done it before. So I, I, I think Stubbins should uh, be able to get the win in that second start off the off. And hopefully we'll get a uh, an okay price. And Texas Wedge. Uh, the three horse comes out of that same race in Daytona again. Peter Miller is someone who is shipped to uh, to New York as well and one at Belmont and, and one at Aqueduct. So I think that horse, uh, the, the two West Coast turf sprinters, uh, I kind of like. And he, a pure sensation like the old battle horse for uh, Christoph Clement is someone uh, that I respect as well. I I, I just worry that um, the, the nine year old that his uh, his best days might be behind him a little bit, but we'll see. Like I said, Clemenza. Horses are uh, are running very well. Uh, Belmont, this horse, ran third uh, in, in, in the hyper two years ago, so he's got some back class and, I, and I'm sure he will be uh, uh, prominent early.
1: All right. I think that'll do it because the 10th is, is the Belmont.
2: Yeah, it feels weird to not have the, uh, the the Manhattan as the race right before the Belmont, <laughs> but a, a big turf race right, right beforehand uh, uh, before the Belmont. But, hey, you know what? You know what? Uh, we we've got racing. We've got some great estates, We got a track. Yeah. Should be a uh, should be a fun weekend to uh to to, to sit down and uh and, and take it all in.
1: I wish I wish it was the normal distance, man. That's the only yeah. thing. I feel a little cheated.
2: Yeah, I I, I get it. I, people are upset about, but, but I, I, again, for 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 Naira and Galant to make it work now, uh, to 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 do right by the horseman and the horse. Yeah. Uh, to, to expect these three-year-olds to run a mile and a half without the uh, the benefit of a normal uh, prep season and a normal training uh, situation, it, it would have been unfair.
1: No, yeah. right. you know, you know, way more than I do. But I just a little cheated, but I'll still have my yeah, tickets in hand, That's no okay. doubt.
2: It's okay. You can you, you can feel a little cheated, a little disappointed. That's natural. That's okay.
1: All right. What's wrong with that? All right. Well, here's some soccer picks with our guy. Nigel Seeley. Really happy to, uh, have a guest in to talk some soccer. Bears always a soccer guy on here, but the Premier League is, is underway. Um, Nigel Seeley from, Persmo- let me start that again. Three, two, one. Yeah. Nigel Seeley from PremierSportsPlays.com. It's a new site. Go check it out. Nigel is the brains behind it. Really happy to, to have him with that opportunity and have him on. Nigel, uh, it's Thursday currently in the States. I'm not good at times. You're over in England. How are we doing? What time of day is it?
4: Oh, Thursday, thank you very much for having me on, Steve. And Bear, thank you very much for joining me. here. thanks very much for all the... uh the shout outs you've given me over the last couple of years, really appreciative, but, uh, I would like to say it's really early in the morning, you're getting me out of bed, and I'm coming on about <laughs> quarter past one in the morning, but it's actually <laughs> half past three, uh, in the you've afternoon. Got, you've got us nice. confused for, for, you've got us confused for Paulie and Mitch over there. They're the ones that get you out of bed
2: really <laughs> early in the morning.
1: Yeah.
4: Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I have to sit the alarm. I mean, they, they get me to do lives. Podcast and live stuff on the soccer at about three o'clock in the morning over here. And whenever the mm. phone rings, my wife is far from happy to hear it's Paul on <laughs> she, she knows she's got a, 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 a not a very good night's sleep, but it's half three in the afternoon here. And the premier league is back. As you say, uh, Steve, and um, I don't really know what to expect. And we saw the first game last night and that's, that's 90 minutes of my life. I'm never going to get back. And that was absolutely diabolical. And I'm huh. hoping, I'm hoping this weekend we, it can get a bit better, but um Unless you're having a wager on these games without any crowds, I mean, they're really dull affairs, and hopefully a a couple of winners will be able to brighten up someone's weekend.
2: I I, I wanted to ask you about about that with the the no crowds. We we saw in Germany with the Bundesliga coming back how it almost seemed like home teams were at kind of a disadvantage, uh, at least in getting wins. The win percentage was down quite a bit. Do you think that there's something... To that, that might be uh, a, a, a correlation maybe happening in the next couple of weeks uh, in the Premier League. Or do you think it just might be a situation where uh, the better teams in Germany were winning and, and that's what that's what the
4: cause was for the, uh, the lack of success on home pitches? Yeah, it's a very interesting question Bear. I mean, the thing is, um, German football notoriously has a high Amount of away wins prior to lockdown. So, if you look at the statistics, the away teams usually outperform the other teams in European football. So, it's probably not really abnormal. But the thing is, it will happen. And what you will find, you'll, I mean, this time of the season, anyway, in any sport, there's a lot of teams that aren't given 100% because they've got the eye on next year and they're planning for next year already. There's no relegation, there's no promotion. And I think what you'll find with no fans is an incentive. For a lot of teams in that mid-table position, it'll be a less than what it would be any given time. And also, I think you might see a couple of big favourites going easy because um, there's five substitutions now. And what you're going to have in in soccer is you're going to have a huge amount of games playing in a very small amount of time. So to eight games in 30 days. So you're going to have people just resting players once they hit the front. So I think you will see a lot more away victories. I think away victories has gone up a great amount in the German league and the away team goals have gone up. The home team goals have gone down. But I also think you'll find that a lot of teams won't be winning by the big scorelines you would expect them to with crowds because the crowd urges them on for a third or a fourth or a fifth goal. And then now what's happening now is they can go one or two nil up in the match and they know they've got a game in 48 hours and they'll take four or five players up and ease up for the last 20 minutes. So I think handicapping, um, especially on the big handicaps, like two goal favourites or one and a half goal favourites, pre-match, they could win, but they, they, they may not cover the handicap, and it may be something they didn't play to look at, but um, certainly the away sides will fancy their chances of going to some of the bigger clubs and getting results, but I think it's that mid-table section of teams that have really got nothing to play for, that is where you're going to see more of the way, the way wins, rather than the big underdog turning over the uh, the, the short price favourite.
2: So let's, let's, let's take a look at it this weekend, we'll start with uh, with, with Saturday's matches, uh, and, the, and the first match Saturday, uh, 7.30 in, in the U.S., 7.30 in the morning uh, you know, in, in the East Coast for the, the U.S. Uh, Leicester and Watford, Leicester looks like uh, they're going to hang on for one of those Champions League spots, which is an interesting race in itself, uh, being that we still don't know if City's going to be allowed in the Champions League next year uh, and, and how they're going to deal with it. But it looks like is going to get one of those Champions League spots, and Watford uh, trying to avoid relegation. Uh, I, I know you would mentioned you actually did like a play here.
4: I do like a play, and it's a very simple play. I like Leicester on the money line here at Plus Money. Um, I think Leicester are a, football, a very good footballing side, a very, very good manager in Brendan Rodgers, experienced manager. And they've got a goal, a goal scorer in Jamie Vardy, who's vying for the Golden Boots. There's a huge amount of incentive for him to score goals. They've got a brilliant playmaker in James Madison, and they're a side that falling set that category is something to play. They have a, a Champions League aspiration to play for. And they place a Watford side who are at the bottom of the table, who had a a little bit of a mini revival, got away from the bottom of the table just outside the relegation zone pre-lockdown. But this comeback has probably come at the worst time. They're a side that probably didn't need the break. They had a bit of a momentum. And when you read into the subplot in the last three months, their their main main talisman is their striker and their captain, Troy Deeney. And he's not happy about playing. He has a, a child who has health problems. He doesn't really want to play. He stated all the way through this lockdown that he doesn't think that football should be back. He, he values his family, like we all do, uh, ahead of a game of, of sport, which I think is, echoes a lot of people's sports. And I, I'm not sure whether Troy Deeney will play this game, which is a huge blow for Watford. And they've also got injury doubts of three or four players. And I think if they lose two of them, suddenly Leicester become minus money. And I think if you can shop around now and get the plus money for Leicester to win this game, I think it's a good bet. Um, I really expect the money in the build-up to the game to come for Leicester. I've actually uh, put them up as a a play on premiersportsplays.com, and I think they'll win. So uh, a very easy one for me. Um, I think Leicester, one of the strongest bets. But the one thing I will say, and as I said to everybody in the first couple of weeks of this lockdown, we have no data uh, on playing behind closed doors. So suggestions that I was having three months ago with fans and a season-long uh, amount of statistics I'm actually having half the, the stake that I was having so how, however tempting it may look at the price just tread carefully very carefully for the first couple of weeks until we see exactly what happens and what teams are really trying for it because there's a lot of problems off, 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 um, off the pitch as well which we'll probably come on to a little bit in another couple of games but uh, Leicester start off and win on the money line but just keep those stakes a little bit careful.
1: All right, later on Saturday, uh, Nigel uh, Bournemouth in, in, in the Palace. Crystal Palace, you got to play there?
4: I do like this game. Um, I know the Bears, it's slightly different to me on this one, but um, I'm, I'm
1: going right.
4: to go for Crystal Palace to get out from the game. I, I was going to back Crystal Palace to, to bet Crystal Palace to win the game on the money line, but I was more tempted to take Crystal Palace plus a half goal, um, which I thought you'd get the draw as well. It's, it's quite a short price, but the, i tell you the reason behind it. Crystal Palace, um, if statistically over the years, if you bet Crystal Palace to win away from home on the road to at home, you get a better return of money more than any other side in the Premier League. And the reason why that was is because they beat Manchester City famously a couple of years ago, and they were like 33, 33 to one to win that match, and that makes that, <laughs> that one match made them a positive. But uh, Roy Hodgson is a is a very negative coach at home but away from home he plays a lot more counter-attacking football and I think Bournemouth and Crystal Palace will be a nice style of play I think this is um this will be a good game to watch it's making history over here because it's the first Premier League game ever to be screened live on BBC One which is the first time it's ever happened because Sky the television company in the UK have had the the rights to the Premier League football so it's the first game for that reason and I I think Bournemouth are opposable and the reason why It's because there's a lot of players in the Premier League now who run the contract to the 1st of July. And a lot of the clubs, obviously because of lockdown, have asked them to extend short-term contracts. But uh, uh, Bournemouth's key player, uh, Ryan Fraser, has decided not to sign a contract. He won't do a short-term contract because he has a big move potentially to an Arsenal or an Everton or a big club, and he doesn't want to get injured. And that's also prompted four other players at Bournemouth not to sign a contract. They're at the bottom of the table. They have a young manager, Eddie Howe. This is the first time they've had some crisis in their career. And I believe those players, it's not the kind of dressing room you want to have when you're in a relegation battle. Your star players saying, I I tell you what, I'm I'm done, I'm out. You want them to be fighting for the cause. And I don't think that's going to be the case for Bournemouth. And I think Crystal Palace have a little bit of incentive to put on a show because this game is making history on the BBC uh, on Saturday night over here, which is 7.30 kickoff over here, which is a big, we have a big viewing, probably the highest ever Premier League viewing this game, despite it being a very poor match. And I think Crystal Palace, plus a half a goal, with all the problems that uh, Bournemouth had, are a decent bet. I can't see Crystal Palace losing this match.
2: Yeah, that's, that's, that's why we have you on, because that's all that information, stuff that's going on that I wasn't necessarily aware of. So now, now I, am, uh, I am absolutely going to avoid uh, my initial instinct in in, in playing
1: Bourmet there. So, Nigel, that's okay. tough to do. The bear is a man of his ways. You got him switched over, man. That's that that doesn't happen much on this podcast. I'll tell you that right now. Well, if this is this is is
4: this, this, this whether I'm on again or not. <laughs> 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 just, this could be a, a, a one shot for me ever, never, 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 seen again. If, uh, if Bournemouth <laughs> in that but uh, you know, I, I that's the reason I mean, one of the first rules in betting is never go against your, your, your original decision. That's what I always say, but uh, on this occasion, I just think there's a lot of things off the field at Bournemouth that you need to take into account. And, I think it's, good, it's been a very difficult three months to try and get some of the players to extend it. And there's a lot of problems in this. This is the big problem in, in, in soccer, uh, especially in the, in the championship. There's a lot of players in the championship who want dream moves to the Premier League, and they don't mm. want to play for their club. They don't want to get injured. So these players ha- are just saying, no, we're not playing. Our contract's till July the 1st. I, I-, I could get my dream move and uh, my big wages next season, and I'm not playing. And there's a lot of things like that happening which are very important.
2: I just wanted to ask you about the Merseyside derby between uh, uh Liverpool and Everton. Do you once Liverpool does uh, officially wrap this thing up, do you think uh now that the Champions League they they they're done they were eliminated by Atletico Madrid uh in the round of 16 and they don't have that to play for, do you think uh Liverpool will be inspired to potentially uh, win the other, every single is that something that's really going to be a goal like are, are they going to want to win every single one of their games? Or do you think uh, once they do finally wrap it up mathematically uh, in two matches, most likely that you, you might see some of the, uh, some of the stars there like, like, like Mane and Masala and Firmino and Van Dijk and those guys, do you think some of those guys will sit and, uh, and, and Klopp will all empty the bench some?
4: Yeah, I think they will. I think they'd be resting some, some key players. I mean, that seems to be the done thing when teams win Championships or Premier League titles over here with a lot of games to go. There's also a certain thing in the in the um, yeah, over here. They have to play a certain amount of games to get a, a winners medal. So I think I, I'm not caught off memory. I can't remember how many games they have to play. I think they've got to play something like ten or twelve appearances. So there'll be a lot of players, young kids who have played six or seven appearances, who clock will want to give them game time so they can get a medal. So I think that's going to be very important to them as well. But I I I think Liverpool are a tricky one because. It's going to be half of them because Liverpool is a club that's built on the fans. I mean, you, you can't pick one football team in the whole world that isn't more about the fans than Liverpool Football Club. The history of the club, the tragedies they've gone through and everything about Liverpool is associating the fans. You, the first thing you say about Liverpool, you think of the cop and them sit there and singing you'll never walk alone. And I think it's going to be really difficult for them. Um, I wouldn't be su- mm. surprised to see them just ease through, get the points with a couple of draws. Uh, I would be very loathed to take short prices on Liverpool, uh, short odds on Liverpool in any game they play, because um, I, ju- I just, I just, I think they've had so much uncertainty for three months whether they're going to be crowned champions. Mentally, are the, you know the, the rollercoaster ride they must have been going on. They were thinking we might not win a title for 30 years, and then all of a sudden they're back in the game and they've got to turn. It's not you can't just turn it on like a like a tap. You know you've got you've got to have some form behind you and. I can see them just easing up a little bit. I mean, I'm not saying that Everton will beat them. I probably wouldn't have a bet on the game. But I certainly think they'll get turned over at least once at a short price once they've won the title. All
1: right. And then Monday, you got another night game for you over there. Um, City versus Burnley. Wow. I see City right now minus two and a half at plus 100. What do you think?
4: Well, I mean, Manchester City yesterday played Arsenal and um, it was a quite a competitive game for the first 25 minutes until David Luiz come on and then he changed the game. I mean, <laughs> uh, he, was, he was Man City's man in the match yesterday, David Luiz, by, by some, some distance. I mean, gave a penalty away, um, got sent off, uh, was a walking disaster. Just incredible, really. And, I'm, you know, I'm sure that will be one of his last games, if not his last game in an Arsenal shirt. Sure. But for Manchester City's performance, they did everything they were expected to do. They went out, they put on performance, they scored three goals, pretty easy the second half, and got no injuries. And I think Guardiola's a very different kind of coach. He wants to keep momentum going. He wants them to keep going. They've got this battle whether they play Champions League next season. Uh, there's a lot of causes that uh, Raheem Sterling is obviously trying to uh, fight in, on a different level as well. So his performances he's putting in, he's de- uh, sort of dedicating to those, those uh, matters that he has. Um, I think here that um, Manchester City continue where they left off. Um, Burnley have a lot of injuries. Uh, Chris Wood, their striker, is is not going to play. There's about four or five doubts for them. And um, Burnley fall into that category of teams that have absolutely nothing to play for. No relegation, no promotion, uh, no uh, Champions League, no European qualification. They're just mid-table, 10th, absolutely. They have their their espadrilles and their... their, um, Speedos on looking for the summer holiday or the end of season tour. That's the mindset they have. And um, I think Man City win and win easily. The last two times they've played, Man City have won 5-0 on both occasions. Already this season, they beat them in the FA Cup. They played them last year and won 4-0, uh, 4-1 and 3-0. So in the last four games at Manchester, it's been 17-1 on aggregate scores. Um, in the, on the Asian handicap, you can get 2-2. Manchester City, mm. with, with it being a push if it's two, exactly two goals. That's where I'll be playing. I'll be playing Man City minus two with that safety of a push. Two and a half, it's a, you know, three goals is a tough order for the reasons I said when we spoke at the originally. You know, if you go 2-0 up, they could rest players because they've got a big game again in three days. So i d I'd really loathe to have that three as a winner. But if I can get two as a push, I can't see Man City not winning by at least two goals. it you know, the push... It's something that suits me. Two and a half is probably a no play for me. But um, even even just a couple of correct uh, small correct score bets. If you just bet if you bet two nil, three 0 four 0 Man City and got them combined, you would probably get plus money if you combined all three of them. That would be where I'd be going. I can't see Burnley scoring, so uh, a very easy win for Manchester City. Uh, it's interesting uh,
2: looking at Burnley in the, in the middle of the the table there. Uh, prior to the year, I made a couple of uh, season point total. Uh, Betson Burnley over 36 and a half uh, points for the season was one of the ones that I've made some. I'm, I'm very happy right now. They have eclipsed the 36 and a half and, and that ticket will be a winner and not having to worry about uh, being in kind of no man's land in the table. So Nigel's three picks for us this week. Leicester plus money against Watford. Palace plus a half a goal against Bournemouth and, and Man City minus two on the Asian handicap. Maybe play around with some two nil uh exact scores as well nigel seeley premier dot com, and uh hopefully we can uh do this again in a in, in a week or two we'll see how everything goes and uh look, people over here in the u.s really don't have much going on right now in terms of things to wager on uh, uh soccer uh horse racing and golf are pretty much about it right now so if uh if you guys listening or are, are, are interested in uh, making some money on the pitch uh, nigel is your guy so check out his uh, website as well uh, premier dot Follow me on Twitter as well. Nigel, uh, great talking to you. Let's do it again. Thank you very much. And
4: have a great weekend guys.
1: All right. Really want to thank coach Doug's and his agent calling in. Uh, Nigel, of course, bear with your expertise on the Belmont um, for other podcasts. Uh, we had a great podcast this week with me, Scott, Cole Kubelek joined the SV pod. It's all about dad life, dad talk and, and dadding. So if you want to get a couple of laughs in, uh, that's a great one to listen to. But other than that, everybody have fun this week. We are easing in to the gambling, which is, which is awesome. Um, especially with the Belmont, which is what I have my eyes on, uh, this weekend. Uh, Bear, thanks for the help there and, uh, take us away.
2: And remember, uh, this weekend and always the less you bet, the more you lose when you win.